Warning, although this podcast revolves around Disney, Disney movies, and Disney-related themes, we have a tendency to use mature language, which is not suitable for all ages. Discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Ocho and Ortiz Disney Podcast. And on this episode, we're doing something a little different. We're not reviewing a movie. What are we doing? Stick around and find out. Buddy Josh, how's it going? Oh, it's a going. How are you? Uh, you know, it's it's been a day. It's been a day. A lot of lot of things not going my way today. I broke my lapel mic, which I use to record. So I do have a backup mic, thankfully, which I'm using. Also, the video doesn't want to cooperate with me. So for anybody that's watching this on YouTube, apologies. You're just gonna get a screen this week. You're not gonna get a visual of me, which I mean. I think you guys out there can <laughs> use a break from this ugly mug to begin with anyways. But yeah, so so no no real video podcast this week. I'm going to do what I can to sort of make the video aspect a little bit more compelling for, for the viewers. But not much I can do when the camera's not working. I think we're going to have to make this, or I'm going to have to make the switch to Discord and see if that runs better on my computer than the shitty program that I'm currently using. But other than that, it's it's been a good week. We are recording this on September the 13th, and this past Wednesday, I did an interview with Timmy Britt, who's a former Disney Imagineer at Disney World. He's also worked at Universal Studios. He helped design the world of Pandora, as well as Harry Potter. He also was, er, he is an animator who worked at Disney World's Animation Academy for many, many years. And now he has his own classes that he uses to to teach up-and-coming artists. But it it was a really, really fun interview. As of this recording... It hasn't come out yet, but by the time this recording comes out, that episode will have released. So if you guys have listened to it, I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, go back and listen to it because I really, really had a, a fun time talking talking to Timmy. And he, he says, hello, Josh. By the way, he sent me a message on Instagram after after we did the interview. He wanted me to say hello. And he's looking forward to coming back on the show at some point. And he's hoping you can join us because you weren't able to this week because we recorded in the middle of the week when you were working. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I would, I'd like to be there next time. Uh, work's just, you know, crazy. Yeah, I know. It's going to be crazy for me, too. I work retail. You work with you work pure later. So. We're going into busy season for with Christmas coming up, so it's going to be even crazier for you and starting to get crazier for me. So we'll we'll try to get Timmy back on the show at some point. I already told him it's probably not going to be until the new year, but I really enjoyed it and I really look forward to having him back. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I it's going to be crazy. That's why I'm going to take my vacation before it gets super crazy. 
You're uh, mm. you're not saving up to to go to Japan in January. No, I, Disney's calling me home, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a Disney podcast. Disney is calling my. You don't want to do Tokyo Disney. As much as I do during fucking Halloween time, especially that they've announced that. I think I told you before they announced that they're putting out all the Halloween candy and stuff like that, or the Halloween um, decorations, the fall decorations at Disney, and then they're releasing special food and and treats and stuff. And plus, Disney's got Food and Wine Festival going on, and I like the Food and Wine Festival. If you haven't checked out Bob's Food and Wine Festival video, you should fucking do that. And that's that's, awesome. that's actually a really good segue because, as listeners may know. I've recently started to do a shout out of the week and I that was going to be my shout out of the week this week was was Bob. He's a he's a good friend of ours. He's been a friend of ours for the last 5 years since we started doing our wrestling podcast. He has his own podcast, The Cretans Guild with Bob and Jay, so be be sure you're checking that out. And he has a series on, uh, he has his own series on YouTube where he posts videos of him going around to the various theme parks. So definitely be sure to check that out. I, what's his YouTube channel? Skipper Bob? Yeah, Skipper Bob. Yeah, Skipper Bob. So be sure you're checking out Skipper Bob's, his YouTube channel, and the Cretans Guild, which is available on all fine podcasts and platforms. And speaking of fine podcasts and platforms, you can find us on most major fine podcasts and platforms. We are on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're slowly getting our way onto Pandora and Amazon Music. I'm just waiting for those to get approved. Uh, we're on Tuned In Radio. But most importantly, our main source of uploading, our main source of play is Podbean. Ocho and Ortiz DisneyPod.podbean.com. And as of this recording, we have 366 total downloads on Podbean. By the time this comes up, by the time this comes out, we'll be well over 400. So again, we can't thank you guys enough for listening and tuning in and hopefully enjoying this podcast. And we're over 200 down 200 views on YouTube now as well. So you can go to YouTube and check and look for Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod or Ocho and Ortiz Disney Podcast. We certainly appreciate all the views, all the listens. We we enjoy doing this and we hope you guys enjoy listening. And if you do enjoy listening, give us some feedback. Leave us some comments. Give us a rating. Let us know what you like, what you don't like what changes you think we could make to make the show better. If you do have criticism, please make it constructive criticism. We'll, ta- we'll kindly take everything into uh, account, and we want to do what we can to improve our show and give you the best listening experience. So again, feel free to leave us a comment, give us a rating, and most importantly, please share us if you do enjoy the show. Share us on your social medias. Let your friends know about us. And follow us on our social medias, Twitter at Ocho Ortiz Disney, Facebook.com slash Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod, and Instagram Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod. And of course, if you're able to help support the show financially, we would greatly appreciate that. You can become our patron on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod. Speaking of Patreon, Shout out to our executive producer, William L. 
William, you help us out a lot. Your your patronage means more to us than than you know. We thank you. We love you. And anybody else out there that would that's able to become our patron, we would greatly appreciate it. Josh, anything else you want to add before we get into things this week? No, just you know, check out everything. Have some fun listening, and thanks to uh, William. Now, like I said off the top, we're doing things a little bit different this week. We are not doing a movie review. We're kind of doing music reviews. We are doing a review of Disney want songs. Now, for those of you who may not know what a Disney want song is, it's basically a term that I learned from watching the Waking Sleeping Beauty documentary and then further the Howard Ashman documentary on Disney+. And in Howard's own words, and I'm paraphrasing him a little bit here, the quote that he gave in, in Waking Sleeping Beauty in terms of what a want song is, is as follows. In almost every musical ever written, there's a place. The leading lady or character usually sits down on something. The leading lady or character sits down on something and tells the audience about what it is that she wants in life or what the character wants in life. It doesn't necessarily have to be a female, but... At the time when when Howard was talking about this, a lot of musicals, you know, the leading character was female and she was the one that wanted to that would tell the audience what she wanted. So basically it's a song where the where the where the character, the main character tells the audience what it is that they want in life. And that song really helps propel the story of the movie, the musical forward. So basically Long story short, according to Howard, every musical has a want song. Or almost every musical has a want song. But, personally, I believe that almost every musical actually has two want songs. And I believe, even though Howard may not have ever stated this publicly, I believe Howard knew this, I believe that almost every musical has two want songs. The first want song comes from the hero or heroine of the movie... But then you get a second want song, which comes from uh, which comes from the villain. Usually, not always, but most of the time, it'll be from the villain. I be- I personally believe you have to have two want songs because you need to have that conflict between two characters, with each one telling the audience what it is he or she wants, and to drive the plots of both characters and the movie overall forward. Now, like I said, usually the second want song is from the villain of the movie, but not always, as I'll bring up a little later on when we get into Frozen. In this episode, we will be talking about want songs from five Disney movies, starting with 1989's Little Mermaid. And this is how I decided on what movies and songs to choose for this episode. First of all, they had to be from movies which both Josh and I have seen. For example, personally, I haven't seen Mulan, so music from that film will not be discussed in this episode. Secondly, the songs have to be sung by a character in the film. They cannot just be music that's been inserted into the film. Again, for example, none of the songs from a movie such as Brave or Toy Story, because none of the characters in those movies are the ones actually singing the songs. They bring artists in to record music, and then they play music over the scenes. So, 
any any movie that does not have the characters singing the songs themselves are not going to be included in this. Finally, there has to be a song where the character tells you, the audience, what it is they want. So, I know, Josh, you mentioned Aladdin earlier because you were surprised Aladdin didn't make the make the cut. And Aladdin didn't make the cut because although it does have a lot of wonderful and memorable songs, none of them, in my mind, in my opinion, really explain what any of the characters wants. And I did think about A Whole New World, and I considered putting that in, but at the same time, I don't really see it as a want song because it's happening as Aladdin is singing about it. Like, he's showing... He's taking Jasmine on that magic carpet ride around the world as he's singing the song A Whole New World. So it's not really a want song because it's happening in the moment. So that's why Aladdin didn't make the cut for for this episode. With that being said, the songs I've chosen to cover on this episode are the following. Part of Your World and Poor Unfortunate Soul from Little Mermaid. Belle and Gaston from Beauty and the Beast, although I think we're going to end up cutting Gaston and I'll get to why in a moment. I just can't wait to be king and be prepared from Lion King. Go the distance and I won't say I'm in love from Hercules. And finally, two songs from Frozen, which I'm not going to give away at this moment. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get into things. Josh, before before we get started playing some of the songs, anything you want to want to add at this point? I mean, I'm still shocked that you haven't seen Mulan. Because <laughs> well, like, I, mean, I, I figure we're going to cover it at some point, so I'm yeah. just waiting until we cover it before I actually sit down and watch it. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, because I was thinking, I'm like, you know, Mulan's not on this, Pocahontas isn't on this. There's got to be something from Pocahontas, right? Pocahontas, yeah. I mean, I, I was considering Pocahontas, and it was for me, it was either Pocahontas or Hercules, because I didn't want to do too much in this episode. So I stuck with I, I I went with Hercules instead, but great choice. But again, like you saying that I haven't, uh, ha, uh, you're surprised I haven't seen Mulan. But that goes back to what I was saying during our Hercules review. Like a lot of movies at that time, I wasn't watching a lot of Disney movies because from pretty much '96 until 2001, those were my teenage years, right? So those were where I was moving out of the animated films and wanting to see like more quote-unquote mature movies more like action movies more live action movies that sort of stuff makes Um, sense as to why you had never seen halloween town yes and so josh is a little angry because we were supposed to record a podcast on halloween town we had technical difficulties and we didn't end up recording it and i just ended up scrapping it all together and i will say before we get into things halloween town is quite possibly the worst movie i have ever seen to steal a quote from Brian Alvarez, minus five stars. That movie was harder for me to get through than Descendants 1 and 2. That was such a terrible fucking movie, and maybe at one point we'll review it. I just don't have the energy to do it now. That movie was hot garbage. I don't understand why it's a Halloween classic. It's terrible. It fucking is a classic. terrible. The best part is, like, I've told a few people about what you said, and people want to fight you, Dave. <laughs> My well, sister included. Well, listen, they're they're entitled to having their wrong opinion about <laughs> Halloween Town. It's a terrible movie with just absolutely terrible fucking effects and, and makeup and product. Well, the, the production value is OK, but 
if it if this movie had been made in the in the 70s or 80s, I could have given it a pass. But when it's a movie made in 98 with the technology that was available to them at the time and that movie was still as poor as it was, no, I can't give them a pass. Minus five stars. Terrible movie. Let's get on with today's topic, Dave. <laughs> yes, let's get on with today's topic. And her name song. is Marnie. I, I, I don't care what the characters' names are. They're horrible. I don't want to remember their names. So yeah, without further ado, let's let's get into it. All right. So first things first, we are going to get into Little Mermaid and up first is Part of Your World. So let's have a let's have a little listen to Little Mermaid and this is going to fucking kill me on YouTube with the copyright strikes, but fuck it. Let's right. do it. Maybe he's right. Maybe there is something the matter with me. <laughs> I just don't see how a world that makes such wonderful things could be bad. Look at this stuff, isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? Wouldn't you think So this is a start girl, of Ariel telling the audience what it is everything. that she wants. Look at this trove, treasures untold. How many wonders can one cavern hold? Looking around here you think, sure, she's got everything. I've got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. I've got who's it's and what's it's galore. You want thingamabobs? I got 20. But who cares? No big deal. I want more. I know it's very hard for Josh not to sing this right now. He's probably lip syncing it. <laughs> I can almost guarantee Josh is lip syncing this. Oh, I almost turned off my mic. <laughs> but so... Right right at this point is where Ariel is going to start telling the audience what she wants. But up to this point, she's telling the audience what she has. You know, she's she's got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. You know, she has so many things, but who cares? She wants more. She wants, some, she wants something bigger. She has a bigger desire than just get gadgets, gizmos, whatchamacallits. Let's find out what it is Ariel wants. want to see, want to see them dancing, walking around on those, what do you call them? Oh, feet. <laughs> Flipping your fins, you don't get too far. So she, she, she's telling people that she wants to shed her mermaid aspect and she wants to, she basically wants to become a person. She wants legs, she wants to walk up amongst where the other people are. She doesn't really want to be a mermaid anymore. Legs are required for jumping, dancing, strolling along down a... What's that word again? Street. Here comes the heart of the walk. Up where they walk, up where they run, up where they stay all day in the sun, wandering free. Wish I could be part of that she just wants to be a part of that world. She doesn't want to be a mermaid anymore. She doesn't want to be under the sea. She she wants she wants to be free. That that's all she wants. She doesn't want the rule the strict rules of of her father. She doesn't want to be scheduled to be places. She just wants to do what she wants to do 
and she wants to be amongst the people because she thinks that's going to give her more freedom. What would I give if I could live out of these waters? And here she's telling you what why. What would I pay to spend a day warm on the sand? Also telling you what she would give up. Like, what would I pay to, to spend a day warm on the sand? She, so this right here is the part where she's telling you why why she wants what she wants and what she's willing to to do to to have it and that on land, they understand that they don't reprimand their daughters bright young women sick of swimming ready to stand and that right there that line Bet you on land they understand, bet they don't reprimand their daughters. That is really the heart of the song, in my opinion. That's basically what's driving Ariel's want to be up on on land because she's sick and she's sick and tired of following her 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 father's rules and regulations and always doing as he commands. She wants freedom. And she thinks by she thinks by giving up being a mermaid and living on land, she's gonna have that freedom, and she's not gonna be reprimanded by anybody anymore. And that's where I'm gonna stop playing the song because I don't want to play songs all the way through again because of the copyright strikes. But Josh, so far, what are your feelings on "Part of Your World," "Little Mermaid" as a want song? It's probably one of the most famous want songs, especially considering like when when thinking of. The reviews we've done for Waking Sleeping Beauty and how they wanted that song, or Katzenberg wanted to get rid of that song. Yeah, Katzenberg wanted it it's like, hot because Katzenberg, as mentioned numerous times on this on this podcast, is a fucking tool. <laughs> uh, anyways, Part of Your World is one of my favorite wa songs, uh, want songs for sure. So... I mean, we are technically a review show. Well, not technically a review show, but we do a lot of reviews. So if you had to give Part of Your World a rating out of 10, what would you give it? Give it a solid 8, 7. 7. Yeah, I, I think I think seven's a, a, seven's a good spot. I think that's what I'm going to give it as well. I actually think that, personally, I believe that Ursula's Want song is a little bit better than than Ariel's. But speaking of that, we are going to get into Ursula's Want song, Poor Unfortunate Souls. Wait, this isn't the Jonas Brothers version? I, I hate you so much. <laughs> it's not the Jonas Brothers version. It's not the China Ann McQueen version. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Okay, it's the Pat Carroll version. The original version, the best version. So here, here we go, Poor Unfortunate Souls. The only way to get what you want is to become a human yourself. Can you do that? My dear. So this is basically setting up who Ursula That's is. That's what I do. It's what I live for, to help unfortunate merfolk like yourself. I love the word merfolk. Souls with no one else to turn to. I admit that in the past I've been a nasty They weren't kidding when they called me well a witch But you'll find that nowadays I've mended all my ways Repented, seen the light and made a switch True, yes And I fortunately know a little magic 
It's a talent that I always have possessed And dear lately, please don't laugh I use it on behalf of the miserable, lonely and depressed Pathetic Poor unfortunate souls In pain, in need This one longing to be thinner That one wants to get the girl And do I help them? Yes, indeed. Those poor unfortunate souls, so sad, so true. They come flocking to my cauldron, crying spells, Ursula, please, and I help them. Yes, I do. So, the beginning of this song really sets up who Ursula is. So, she's basically coming right out and saying to Ariel that, you know, she has magical powers. She's basically a sea witch, and she uses her powers to help those the downtrodden who are basically on their their last resort they're in need and they can't get help anywhere else so they come to Ursula and Ursula helps them out but her help comes with a price as we'll find out soon enough is one more thing we haven't discussed the subject of payment but i don't have i'm not asking much just a token really a trifle so this is the part where Ursula tells Ariel, and to break down the fourth wall, the audience, what it is Ursula wants. What I want from you is... Your voice. But without my voice, how can I... You'll have your looks, your pretty face, and don't underestimate the importance of a body language. <laughs> the men up there don't like a lot of blather. And this is where Ursula is convincing Ariel to give in to her. So Ursula wants Ariel's voice, and that's the price Ariel has to pay if Ariel wants to become human and walk on land. She has to give up her voice, but Ariel realizes pretty quickly that it means that she'll never be able to see her sisters and her father again. And Ursula's saying, hey, look, this is what you want. This is what you have to get, give up to, to get it. And this is Ursula convincing Ariel to do just that. They think a girl who gossips is a bore. Get on land, it's much preferred for ladies not to say a word. And after all, dear, what is idle prattle for? Come on, they're not all that impressed with conversation. Two gentlemen avoid it when they can. But they don't intrude and fawn on a lady who's withdrawn. It's she who holds her tongue who gets a man. Come on, you poor unfortunate soul. Choice. I'm a very busy woman, and I haven't got all day. It won't cost much. Just your voice. So there, there you have it. It, it. Ursula is doing everything in her power to convince Ariel to give up her voice, including straight up lying to her and telling her that she's not going to need her voice on land anyways because men basically want somebody who's subservient and who doesn't talk to them. And she's telling them that girls with voices tend to gossip and that men think that gossipers are bores. So that that's Ursula's want. She wants the voice because she knows if she gets Ursula's voice, you know, that's going to piss off Trident. And then Trident is is going to is going to do whatever he can to get his daughter her voice back. So the overall end game here, which isn't fully clear in this song, but you see as the movie progresses and ties back to the song is the fact that Ursula's ultimate plan is to get control of Ariel's father. So she takes Ariel's voice to eventually do that. But for me, 
I, I, I would rate this one as an eight because not only does it tell you what Ursula wants, it also sets up exactly who she is. It tells you who she, it, it does so much in one song. It tells you who Ursula is. It tells you what she wants. And then also the convincing that, that she does to get what she wants from Ariel. It's like Howard Ashman said in, in the Howard documentary, writing for villains is just so much more fun. And like with this song, the want song is for the villain is just much more flushed out in my opinion than what Ariel's want song in part of your world is. Josh, what are your thoughts? It's, I mean, okay, I haven't really listened to this since we watched the movie and reviewed it, except for, like, today. (laughs) I listened to it earlier, I'm like, I listened to this, and then I listened to the Jonas Brothers version, too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie, I like the Jonas Brothers version, too, more because it's more rock. Okay, we're not asking which version, we're just just saying overall opinion of the song. It's good, I'd give it a six. I still think Part of Your World is much better. Actually, I'd probably give it a five, then. (laughs) <laughs> i mean part of your world is a fine song but for me i just find this one flushes out so much more of the character like i said it sets up who she is what she wants and just the convincing she does to to get ariel to give her what she wants for me it's for me like i said it's it's a better want song than than what's part of your world is mm, i don't know i just i prefer part of your world Fair enough. Fair enough. So, Josh, you gave that one a five. Just just to be clear, you change it from a six to a five. Yeah. And I have it on an eight, and we agreed on a seven for part of your world, which is going to take us into Beauty and the Beast. So, let's hear Belle. So for me, this is really the start of the of the want song, want part of the song. So let me just restart that over. There goes the baker with his tray, like always, the same old bread and rolls to sell. Every morning, just the same since the morning that we came to this poor provincial town. Good morning, Belle. Morning, Monsieur. So for me, that's really where this song starts in terms of telling the audience what it is that Belle wants. And it's very, it's very, very subtle. She doesn't come right out and, and say anything about what she wants, but it's very subtle. It's every morning just the same since the morning that we came. So basically, it's a dig at the town and how everything is always the same and that nothing ever changes. And you can sort of you can sort of hear in Belle's voice that, you know, she wants something different. She doesn't want the same old, same old. Yeah. Look, there she goes, the girl is strange, no question. Dazed and distracted, can't you tell? Never part of any crowd. Cause her head's a some cloud. No denying she's a funny girl at So that part of the song right there is telling you what it is the town folk think of Belle. And, you know, they're polite enough to her face, but as you can see, when she's not around, that's when they really sort of talk about her. They think she's weird and that she doesn't fit in with the rest of them. You know, she talks about, we didn't play this part of the song, but she talks about where she just finished a a book and, you know, back in 
back in the time where Beauty and the Beast takes place, you know, a lot of women weren't really encouraged to read. They didn't really have a lot of rights and freedoms. That's a whole different discussion. But basically, you know, Belle's a huge reader and she loves stories. And because of that, the town folk find her weird and they just don't think she fits in with the rest of them. And that line right there tells you without saying it, without being right in your face, tells you what it is Belle wants. There must be more than this provincial life. So that's her want, the want to get out of the town and experience new things. She doesn't want to keep going with the same old, same old. So that right there is is the want of the song. There must be more to this to the than this provincial life. Oh, isn't this amazing? It's my favorite part because you'll see Now, to me, that might be my favorite, my favorite bit from, from this song because it, it gives away the movie without the audience realizing it at the time. If you're watching it for the first time, you don't realize that she just gave away the movie. Oh, isn't this amazing? It's my favorite part because you'll see here's where she meets Prince Charming, but she won't discover that until chapter three. They're telling you the story. Belle is going to find her Prince Charming, which eventually turns out to be Beast, but she won't know it right away, and she won't figure it out until later in the movie, which is basically Act 3 of the movie, which translates here to Chapter 3. For me, I just, I love the fact that they're, they're giving you, they're giving away the plot of the movie right here, and, and I fucking love it. I, I am fucking here for that shit, Josh. I am here for it. <laughs> <laughs> You're here for that shit, eh? I am here for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. When when you when you suggested Bella, I was like, "What? Oh yeah, yeah." Because it it does subtly explain what she wants, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And the other thing too, which I dis- which I rediscovered for listening to it for the first time in in forever. And this is why I cut Gaston because I initially said that Gaston we were going to cover Gaston. Because I, I, I thought that was Gaston's want song. But Gaston's want song is right in this song. So they cover Belle and Gaston's want in this song together. And we're about to get to Gaston's want. So we're going we're gonna to be introduced to Gaston right here. True, LeFou. And I've got my sights set on that one. Look, the inventor's daughter? Let She's re- the one. Yeah, let me rewind it <laughs> just a little bit. I know. <laughs> no beast alive stands a chance against you. <laughs> and no girl for that matter. It's true, LeFou. And I've got my sights set on that one. Look, the inventor's daughter? She's the one. The lucky girl I'm going to marry. But she's... The most beautiful girl in town. I know. That makes her the best. And don't I deserve the best? Well, of course. I mean, you do. But I'm... 
right from the moment when I met her, saw her. I said she's gorgeous and I fell. Here in town there's only she who is beautiful as me. So I'm making plans to woo and marry Belle. So in that portion of the song, they introduce Gaston, basically gives you an idea of who he is and tells you what it is he wants. Like, you didn't miss a shot, Gaston. You're the greatest hunter in the whole world. And uh, and Gaston says, and no girl for that matter. So it's it's setting up who Gaston is. He's He's constantly being the best at everything, and he strives to be better than everybody else. And then at the same time, you know, he's basically telling LeFou that he he has his eyes set on Belle. That's the girl that she want that he wants to woo and marry. So it's telling you who Ga- Gaston is and what it is that he wants. Please let me through. Is And then that little part comes towards the end of the song. And again, that's just that's just reiterating what both Belle and Gaston want. There must be more than this provincial life sung by Belle, reiterating the fact that she wants out of town. There has to be something more out there for her. And then just watch, I'm going to make Belle my wife, sung by Gaston, reiterating the fact that, you know, he wants, he wants Belle. He wants to woo and marry Belle. So it just it does a it does a really good job right at the end of reiterating what both characters wants and, and, and what their goals are for the movie going forward. And I mean, for me personally, I, I think this is a great want song because it doesn't just give you the want song of one character, but it also introduces and gives you the want song of a second character. It's it's a tremendously and I have to say this now after re-listening to it. Because it's not one that I really have a tendency to go searching for when I'm in a mood for listening to Disney songs. But this right now is quite possibly one of the best want songs, uh, especially from the Renaissance period and from Howard Ashman and Alan Menken. I, I've, I'm going to go out and I'm going to give the, this, as a want song, a 9.5. Wow. Wow. A 9.5 for this one, eh? Okay. No, it's it's a great song. It's shit, I don't know. Personally, I think I I'd stick with a 7, just like I did with Part of Your World. That that's fair. But like I said for for the reasons that I gave, the fact that it sets up two it it sets up two characters wants, basically introduces the second character. I mean, that's that's just tremendous. I mean, we saw in the Howard documentary like Howard was hesitant to even give give the give the script for this song over to Disney because it you know he said himself it's a it's like a six minute song and mm-hmm. he was afraid of what they would think of the first song of the movie being six minutes long but I think it just does a great job of storytelling not only does it it set up Gaston and tell you both the wants of Gaston and and Belle but again like I said previously it tells you exactly what's going to happen Belle is going to find her Prince Charming but she's not going to realize it's her Prince Charming until the third act like they tell they outright tell the audience that right in the in in the opening two minutes of the song it's it's fantastic and that's that's why for me it's a nine and a half all right all right I see your point Mm, I'm still gonna keep it at seven (laughs) Very, very fair. 
that is going to take us into Lion King. I just can't wait to be king. And just give me one sec here before I start going. This right here is is basically telling you exactly what Simba wants. He wants to be king. He knows he's going to be king one day, and he can't wait to become king. And then you have Zazu, who's basically I I don't know what sort of role you would give him, but he's basically his his dad's second in command. But he's also in charge of looking after Simba. So you have this conflict between Simba and Zazu where Simba is telling the audience that he can't just wait to be king. It's what he wants. And then you have Zazu as the adult figure sort of reeling him back in and telling him, like, I haven't seen a, a king or beast with quite so little. So he's kind of knocking poor Simba there, kind of trying to give him a reality check about how he's not actually ready to be king. Thus far, rather an inspiring thing. Right there, right, right there. He Zazu tells Simba he's got quite a long way to go before he can become king if he thinks he's actually ready. And then you have Simba and Nala giving it right back to Zazu. Basically saying that once Simba's in charge, he's not going to have anyone around, anyone being Zazu, telling him what to do, and, and basically, essentially being up his ass all day <laughs> about what a king or a king to be should 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 do and how he should act. So right there, you kind of have, you know, again, Zazu trying to reel in Simba and Simba saying he doesn't need anyone around to tell him what to do. One, once again, sort of like proving Simba's inexperience because even his father, who is an adult, has Zazu around. So he does have Zazu in an advise, uh, advisory role. Because even even Mufasa knows that, you know, sometimes you need somebody to give you that second opinion or or a little bit of advice on, on what you should do, even if you are the king. And Simba d just doesn't quite see that yet. I think this is a great song overall. As a want song, I think, I'll, I, I, think I would go with a 7 on this one. 
Yeah, I think I'd stick with a seven as well. Anything else you want to add? It's a great song. I love. Yeah, it's Sorry, a great say, it's a, song. It's a great, great song. It's one of my favorite ones to listen to. It's also part of um, this one along with Part of Your World are also songs in like, fuck, what is it called? It's like a little ride show thing at Disney. So I hear this one quite often, right? And I'm always singing <laughs> along to it. So I'm fucking like just sitting over here listening, Dave, and it's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm sorry I'm I'm sorry I'm ruining that for you. <laughs> but no, no, this one is great because it's uh, like you said, it's got he's what he's gonna do, what he's gonna be when he grows up and everything. And Zazu is just like not yet, you know. Yep. But no, I lo- I love this song. And what? Sorry, uh, what was your rating on that one? Uh, I'll say the same thing as you. I'll stick with a seven. Seven. Okay. And that's gonna take us into the villains want song for Lion King. Scar with be prepared. I know that your powers of retention So this is just Scar wet talking to the hyenas backside. here. But thick as you are, pay attention. My words are a matter of pride. <laughs> My words are a matter of pride, because that's also a play on words, because pride of lions. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> it's clear from your vacant expression. So this is, this is where the want the starts to kick in. You can't be caught unawares. So prepare for the chance of a lifetime. Be prepared for sensational news. A shining new era is tiptoeing nearer. And where do we feature? Just listen to teacher. I know it sounds sordid, but you'll be rewarded when at last I am given my dues. And injustice. First of all, Jeremy Irons is fucking fantastic as Scar. Like, his voice for this song just fits so goddamn well. And I don't know, maybe it's that that heightens my love for this song even more. But man, the, the, right, that little section that I just played for everyone, that's just the heart of the song and really the heart of the movie, which is Scar trying to take over as king from Mufasa. And he's basically, again, this is another one where they, they give away the plot of the movie right in, 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 the, in the heart of the song. You know, the hyenas ask, be prepared for what? And he says, for the death of the king, we're going to kill him and Simba too. So he's already planning this takeover. And, you know, there's that line, injustice deliciously squared. He's preparing to, to give back the injustice, which he feels that he and the hyenas had, have suffered with Mufasa basically ignoring him or ignoring them and relegating them to a part of the Pride Lands that even, uh, that even Mufasa doesn't want to visit and doesn't really want to rule over. Like, you know, so Scar is feeling like he's being treated unjustly 
and he's planning on getting his revenge, and then he's going to treat everybody else just as unjustly as he feels that he's being treated. And then, of course, you got the the little bit of banter with the hyenas, which is fucking hilarious. But yeah, it tells it tells you exactly what's going to happen to move the movie along, and exactly what it is that Scar wants. And like I said, Jeremy Irons in this role, the voice just fits so well. I'm going to give this as a want song an eight. Oh man, <laughs> I love the hyena parts because you get to hear a little bit of Whoopi Goldberg, and and I'm pretty sure one of them's Cheech, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love that. Uh, Jeremy Irons is, is perfect for this, this song and this role. It was awesome seeing that. I still like the other one the better, so I'm going to go down to a six for this one. Oh, you still like I Can't Wait to Be King? Yeah. I don't know. Again, it, for me, it's like the villain songs just hit more. They just they flush out the story and the character more, I think, which is why I give them such high ratings. They just they do more for me than, than the her- the hero or heroine song. And again, it goes back to what Howard said in the Howard documentary. Writing for a villain is just much more fun. So, and I think you can tell the fun that people have writing for a villain because they definitely fill the villain songs out better, in my opinion, than they fill out the hero songs. But speaking of heroes, we go into a hero movie, Hercules, the next song up, Go the Distance. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> Sorry. Easy there, easy there, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I might have to mute my mic, Dave. That's fair. I have often dreamed of a far-off place Where a great warm welcome will be waiting for me Where the crowds will cheer when they see my face And a voice keeps saying, this is where I'm meant to be I'll be there someday If I can be strong I know every mile Will be worth my while I would go most anywhere To feel like I belong So this is about a a three... Just... just a little over three minute song, maybe like three minutes and 15 seconds, somewhere around there. But really, in the first two verses, it really it really sets up what it is Hercules wants. He, he wants to be adored and loved by the masses, but he also wants to feel like he belongs because Hercules has always felt like an outsider, as we discussed in, in, the, in, in our review of the movie, because he didn't know he was descendant from Zeus and the gods. And that his powers had almost completely been taken away by by Hades and Hades minions. So he doesn't know who he truly is, but he has this this strength which causes him to like Bell sort of be an outcast in his town. And he just wants to find a place where he belongs. And he says he dreams of that far off place where it's great and and it's welcoming and you know where crowds will cheer for him when they see his face. And then, you know, at the end of that second verse, I will go almost anywhere to feel like I belong. So just in the first two verses alone, 
it's it, it does a great job of setting up exactly what it is Hercules Hercules wants. And overall, it is a really, really good song. And I'm not going to play any more because we're running short on time. But Josh, what are your thoughts on Hercules Go the Distance? What are you going to rate it? What, what did you give this one for a rating? Did you? I'm going to let you go first. Okay, this is... I said before that uh, Hercules is probably the most underrated Disney uh, movie that came out in like the 90s. It was really good. Yeah, your first time seeing it was when um, we We, reviewed it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's one of my favorites. It's always been one of my favorites. I love this song. I actually muted my mic so (laughs) I was singing along. (laughs) No, this one is absolutely one of my favorites. It's, you know, this, this is definitely a want song. He's 100% saying what he wants to do. He wants to f- go where he belongs or feel like where he belongs, you know? This was a great one. I'm giving this one a nine. Okay, okay. It was really good. It was definitely really, really good. And like you said, it, it tells you exactly what what it is that he wants. Ooh, shit. Sorry, a bunch of stuff. just uh, A bunch of my papers and notes and everything just fell. Yeah, no, it, it does it does tell you what he what it is he wants. I do find that it does start to get a little bit repetitive. Like those first two verses are are fine. Like really that song could have been over in a minute and a half. It's just it's a really really good song, but it does like I said get repetitive. I'm going to go ahead and and give it a 7. Okay. Now have you ever heard the other version? Which one? With Michael Bolton? No, that actually that actually came up when I was searching for the song earlier, and I'm very very tempted to listen to it because of because of Mikey B, but I I haven't I didn't I didn't listen to it today because I was busy trying to get everything done. Yeah, no, I totally forgot that he even did that song. <laughs> but I will I will listen to it at some point because again it's it's Mikey B. Yeah. That is going to lead us into the second want song from Hercules and kind of a villain because Meg starts off as a villain, but she ends up as a heroine. So this one's kind of a great one where it's a good and a bad person singing it. So here's I Won't Say I'm In Love, Meg's want song. no way I won't say you don't know You're dying to cry your heart out That's that's Meg's love song, er, Meg's want song, which basically she <laughs> she she's she's saying that she doesn't want to say that she's in love, and I forget the background singers what they're called. 
The muses. The muses, yes. The muses. So the muses are trying to convince her that she is in love, but she doesn't want to admit that she's in love with Hercules. Of course she is, and she does want him, but she's afraid of being hurt. Like, right in the line, I thought my heart had learned its lesson. It feels so good when you start out. But then my head is screaming, get a grip, girl, unless you're dying to cry your heart out. And we we do find out in the movie, you know, she's been hurt in the past. She's She's been in love and she's been hurt by the person that she loves in the past. So she wants Hercules, but she doesn't want to admit that she wants Hercules. I, I, I think this is a really, really good song. I, I absolutely love Susan Egan. She has a great voice. And she did a tremendous job uh, in, in the role of Meg. And for me, I I want to give this the same rating as, as Go the Distance, a 7. But what I like about this a little bit more is that, yes, like Go the Distance, it is a little bit repetitive in what it's trying to convey. But it does a better job of cutting down on uh, on the length of the song. So this song only ends up being about two minutes, a little over two minutes. And I, I think it's the perfect length for this song. So I'm actually going to rate it a little bit higher than Go the Distance. And I'm going to give it a 7.5. Just because, again, I think both songs are repetitive uh, along the way. But this one does a better job of shortening that that length of time down. So 7.5. All right. All right. I really do like this song, too. This, oh, man, I don't know. This This one, this movie just has, like, the best songs. Um, well, it's like you said in the review, right? Like, there's not the a lot underrated. of songs in this movie, but the yeah. songs are really, really good. Yeah, exactly. They're really good, and this movie is just like it gets lost in the shuffle when you talk about animated movies from the '90s from Disney, right? Yeah. So, I'm gonna go the same thing as the other one. I gave it a nine. I was gonna give it higher, but I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stick it with a nine. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. This is gonna bring us to our final two songs from our final movie. We are going to cover Frozen, and Josh, out of curiosity, if if I asked you what the main want song for Frozen is, what what would you say? Fuck, now I'm just thinking of all the songs. I mean, probably Let It Go. And I think that's what a lot of people would say, but I don't think that's actually the main want song, and I'll get into my reasons why in a sec, but no, it is... I, the- I know exactly why. <laughs> Well, I, okay. I want to know what you what you think my answer is going to be, and then I'll tell you in a bit if I if that's right or wrong. So, why do you think that I don't think this is the the main want song? Because this one, well, okay, no, never mind. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get into it. So, like I said, I think a lot of people would say that "Let It Go." If you ask them what the want song of of Frozen is, they would say, let it go. So let's hear let it go. And then I'll tell you in a couple minutes why I don't think this is the main want song. So this is setting up what Elsa wants. And it comes later on in the movie. It comes about, I would say, the halfway point. The snow glows white on the mountain tonight. Not a footprint to be seen a kingdom of isolation and it looks like I'm the queen the wind is howling like this swirling storm inside 
Couldn't keep it in Heaven knows I tried Don't let them in Don't let them see Be the good girl You always have to be Conceal, don't feel Don't let them know Well, now they know So that's Elsa telling us what it is that she wants. So basically, she just wants to be left alone and to shut out the rest of the world. And the reason for that is because of her powers. Her, her parents always told her that her, her powers were dangerous and that she had to conceal them from everybody. So that's where you get the line, conceal, don't feel, don't let them know. Because her parents always encouraged her not to let people know about her powers. Of course, this comes after Elsa's powers have become exposed. So now that's where the line, well, now they know comes from. But, you know, a kingdom of isolation and it looks like I'm the queen. That's her telling the audience that she she wants to be left alone. She is the queen of her own kingdom. And it's a kingdom of isolation. She wants to just shut everybody out. Uh, shut everybody out. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break the No light, no rope, no rules for me. So again, that's that's more of what Elsa wants. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. She finally has the freedom to explore how far her powers can go, how much how much she can actually use her powers. She wants to find out the true full strength of the powers without rules and other people stopping her from doing so. So again, this is just another part of the song where it tells the audience what it is Elsa wants. It's just to be free and alone so she can she can test the limits of her power and see how much she can do with them. Josh, what would you, what would you rate this song? I love this song. I I was about to say if you do not fucking play the chorus, Dave. <laughs> you got one you got one go around of the chorus. I know, but like when you first stopped it right there and you started talking, I was like, I'm going to let him finish. But if he doesn't play the chorus. <laughs> I think there's a lot of parents out there who would rather not listen to that chorus ever again. <laughs> well, I'm not a parent, so I don't mind listening to it. I'm going to give it an eight. All right. <laughs> I am going to. I like this song. I really do like this song. Obviously, it's just one of those catchy songs that fucking gets stuck in your head. But. I'm going to go ahead and give it a 7. And the reason I'm going to give it a 7, as I mentioned earlier, is it happens about halfway through the movie. It's not something that is at the beginning. It's halfway through and it drives it drives it drives home the plot of the second half of the movie, but it didn't do anything to re it reiterates the plot of the first half, but it didn't drive the plot of the first half. It just drives the plot of the second half. So as a want song, I'm going to go ahead and give this a, a, a seven. Now, coming up, 
we have the song that I believe is actually the true want song. And when you act, you don't realize it at the time when, when you first watch this movie, when you first hear this song, you don't realize you wouldn't think of this as a want song, but it is. And we're going to get into it. Do you want to build a snowman? Uh, not right now. There's no snow. There will be Elsa? soon enough. Do you want to build a snowman? Come on, let's go and play. I never see you anymore. Come out the door. It's like you've gone away. We used to be best buddies. And now we're not. I wish you would tell me why. Do you want to build a snowman? It doesn't have to be a snowman. Okay, bye. So this this is this is setting up the movie and letting the audience know what it is that that Anna wants. She just wants to spend time with her sister. You know, she asks, "Do you?" She starts off by asking, "Do you want to build a snowman?" But at the end, you know, she she specifies it doesn't have to be a snowman. Like that for me is the heart of the song. Like. She just wants to do something, anything with with Elsa. She doesn't. She she she's tired of not being able to to see her sister because her sister's been locked in her room by her parents because of her powers and because her powers hurt Anna. Although at this point Anna has no memory of it. So you know this is just Anna's lonely and she wants to be with her sister. Like again, that's just that's the heart of the song right there. It doesn't have to be a snowman. Do you want to build a snowman? It doesn't have to be a See, snowman. Right there, young, innocent Anna with the heart okay, of the song. Bye. Do you want to build a snowman? bike around the halls I think some company's overdue I've started talking to the pictures on the walls hang in there Joan so again this is just more reiterating from from Anna that she wants to spend time with with Elsa and you know it also paints the picture of you know she's going crazy by not having her her sister around and as she says I've started talking to the pictures on the walls because she doesn't have anyone else now that Elsa is still shut out from the world, and at this point, her, their parents are dead. So Anna doesn't have anyone else, and she's at the point where she's going crazy. It gets a little lonely, all these empty rooms, just watching the hours tick by. And right there again, you have the reiteration of you know how lonely Anna is feeling and all she does is spend her time watching the hours tick by because she has nothing else to do and coming up this this is just the fucking heart-wrenching this is this is the fucking gut check of the movie this is this is the 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 heart of frozen coming up here 
And Kristen Bell just does such a superb job in, in, in this verse of the chorus. She, uh, Kristen Bell fucking nails it and it's the way she presents it you can you can feel the emotions and fuck it i get a little emotional myself every time i hear this part coming up from kristen bell fucking damn it jesus christ the emotions that Kristen bell puts into that verse of the song is just so impactful and and hard hitting like i said that is the gut check portion of the song the gut check portion of the mo you can hear the emotions in Kristen bell's voice as she sings that you know they've grown up now like uh, I, I believe in, in the story time, like, it's it's a gap of about 10 years from when Elsa first knocks on the door and that part with Kristen Bell singing at the end. It, it oh, It's just, it, you can tell the years have taken their toll on, on, on Anna and not being able to, to have her sister. And that's all she wants. All she wants is is her sister's love and attention and to be with her sister. And the thing that makes this the want song of the movie and, and just so amazing is that this song, unbeknownst to the audience, sets up the story of the movie so well because at the end of the movie, it is Elsa's love for Anna which saves them and saves Arendelle from complete and utter destruction. And, and this right here, like I said, unbeknownst to the audience, when you're watching this for the first time, even if you're watching this for the 15th time, it's, if, if you don't know what a want song is and you don't know, like, ah, oh, it just does such a great job of, of telling the audience what's happening. Like Anna and Elsa are, are basically separated because of, of Elsa's powers and Elsa wants to be alone, but Anna wants her sister around. She needs that love. She needs that companionship. And in the end, it is like I said, it is that love and companionship that saves both of them and the kingdom. And God damn it, it's it's just such a perfect, subtle, fucking want song. 
I'm going to go out and I'm going to do it. I'm going to give this a fucking 10 out of 10. Your mic is completely gone. What? I can barely hear you. Hello. I can hear you a little bit, but not much. Well, that's some bullshit. <laughs> Are you, like, right up against your mic? Yeah, I'm, like, right in front of it. All right, well, fuck it. It's Skype being Skype again. Your mic's cutting out, like, right at the end. Right at the end of the program. So... I'd love to have your thoughts on this, but I don't know how much it's going to pick up. So let's just, let's go with your rating for this one. Eight. Eight, okay. Again, I would have, oh man, like I was so stoked to talk about this one, but your mic is so, the the sound quality is just completely dropped. So I don't think we're going to be able to. But is there anything else that you want to add to go along with that eight and hopefully it picks up? I just really like the song and I kind of knew this is what you were going to go with just because of, there is much more of a want song from Anna in this whole thing than there is from Elsa in Let It Go. So that's kind of why I knew that you felt this would be the more of a want song, the main want song. So, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, I will stand by the fact that this is the main want song. I will fight people on that fact. And like I said, I'm going to give this a 10. I will do the the wrap-up in just a sec, but I'm, I'm going to let you go just because... I, a, the mic issues, and B, I know you got to start getting ready for work soon. So, Josh, is there any final words that you want to say for, for this week before I let you go? Uh, if anybody can actually hear me, thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. With that being said, I'm going to I'm gonna let Josh go, and then I'll do the typical end rant and give you all the socials again. So, Josh, have yourself a good evening, and I'll talk to you soon, my friend. See you, buddy. Bye. So again, thank you, Josh, for joining me once again on another edition of the Ocho and Ortiz Disney Podcast. And thank you, the audience, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was something a little bit different. And again, if you haven't checked out my interview with Timmy Britt, please be sure you go back to the last episode and do that. And again, you can, you guys can find us on most major podcasts and platforms. We are available on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Tuned In, and our main source of uploading is Podbean, Ocho and Ortiz, DisneyPod.Podbean.com. And our socials, you can find us there. Please give us a follow on there if you enjoy the show. Facebook, Facebook.com slash Ocho and Ortiz, DisneyPod. Instagram, at Ocho and Ortiz, DisneyPod. And Twitter, at Ocho and Ortiz, Disney. And of course, if you're able to help us out financially, if you really enjoy the show and want to help us grow, because all the money will go back into the show to get prizes and, and stuff for you guys, you can become our patron on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod. Once again, thank you to the executive producer of this episode, William L. Your support on Patreon and elsewhere means the world to us. I, I greatly appreciate it. We greatly appreciate it. We we love you. We appreciate you. And again, shout out to Bob, our shout out of the week. Check out Skipper Bob on YouTube as well as his podcast, The Cretans Guild. And guys, as always, whether you're listening or watching this in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, whatever time of day it is, where you are, when you're watching or listening, we thank you for watching and listening. We appreciate you for watching and listening. We hope you have a great day. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
this right starting point for it. There we go. Oh shit, I have the wrong thing. I thought you went too far. Yeah, well, I went to, I went to be, I grabbed my sheet for be prepared instead of my sheet for I just can't wait to begin. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Whoops, all right. So here's I just can't wait to be king.